Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to the Supernatural Junkies. I'm Alex, and I'm super. You want to be something? I'll be something. <laughs> I'm Rob, and I'm natural. <laughs> he does look more natural than usual today. Handsome Thank you. Natural. Not sure, not sure. Definitely the junkie here. All that's, me, I'm all in. That's Dr. Kevin, and we have uh, Pastor Rob here. You guys didn't woo-hoo, introduce yourself. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm natural, and I am Pastor Rob. They're playing a game of guess who they are today. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, hopefully you're getting to know us well enough, but yeah. uh, we're going to have a great time. What are we talking about today again? have no idea. Oh, we're just, we're just going to... This gonna, is the improv show. Yeah, the improv. Hey! So today, on Improv Supernatural Junkies, we're just going to pick a subject out of the bag. And listen, you know, I, I think if you've been listening to us, you'd notice we've been doing a little supernatural story that mm-hmm. we've experienced in our life. And you were just telling me, Alex, what, like two or three days ago about yes. an amazing story that happened with your cat of yeah. all things you have to hear this this is crazy yeah so we had a we had a little kitty not that long ago and um me and our boys we adopted this uh, little kitty from a rescue and we named it pip pip squeak because it looked just like a bigger cat that we got from a rescue um named Smokey, aka murder kitty um, <laughs> murder kitty yeah because um he murders stuff he doesn't like wow. cat food let's just say <laughs> that yeah he likes his meat humans fresh oh he Ooh. did have a little ceremonial circle for a little while too. oh no it's really bizarre but anyway we won't go into murder kitty that's another supernatural story for another time mm-hmm. but anyway pip was really sweet and pip was tiny and um he's kind of a little mush bear a little squishy and he just liked to lay around a lot and we didn't realize at the time but pip was very very ill and um was going into organ failure but we didn't know that and um, my one boy my youngest got very attached to him was the first animal that pip um that he really bonded with and um anyway pip ended up going into organ failure and um dying in actually on our way to have him euthanized because he was in full-blown organ failure and um she no was he and um it was it was really traumatic for both of them and so then the next day we um we went to do something fun and um because we were all very sad and we were all crying you know Uh, and this was just a few months ago actually and we're in the car and um a car sort of cut in front of us and you know, the boys were all talking about how much they missed Pip, and we were all very much crying, everybody in the family, because Pip was such a sweet cat, and um, even though just a kitten, he had a huge effect on us for just a few months, and um, I looked in, in front, and I looked, I don't know why, but I looked at the license plates, and I go, hey, boys, it's so weird, and they're like, why, mom? And I go, look at the license plate of that car that cut in front of us, and they both looked, and they go, whoa, and I was like, yeah, and I was like, and the color of the car, well, the car that cut in front of us not only did the license plate the the you know it only had three letters on it but the it said pip it was p-i-p was the name on the license plate it wasn't a personalized plate but that was the three letters on there and the numbers the four numbers on there were actually pip's birthday the day that pip was born whoa yes and the color of the car was actually the color of Pip. Mm. Yeah, like gray. Yeah, it, and it was so weird. And then my oldest, you know, he's like, "That was just a coincidence." And he's he likes to pray, <laughs> he likes to play like he's tough, you know, especially when things hit him and he doesn't want to cry. He's like, oh, "Well, this is a coincidence." And I could see him welling up. And I was like, "No, no." I was like, "We were just talking about Pip and how much we miss Pip and how sad we are." And I was like, "And that car doing that?" I was like, "Look at all the cars on the road." I was like, "And try and find a license plate that makes sense." Like that, that it mean those three letters make any word at all, and the car that's in front of us that cut in front of us, 
not only do the the letters make sense, but it makes the word that makes Pip's name. Like yeah. that's not a coincidence. That's God letting us know that He's got Pip, that He has Pip, and that Pip is okay. And God cares about cats. That's right, and that He cares about us, and He cares about our pain right now. And I was like, yeah. and that's God yeah, letting us yeah, know that yeah, He yeah, has absolutely. Pip and He cares about us. And I was like, and that makes me feel a lot better. And and they did too. And they got you know, I mean, we were still crying, but they they felt a lot better. And I mean, that was just one of those moments where you couldn't make. I mean, if you looked at those license plates, none of them made yep. any sense. Like the, that was the for odds sure were ridiculous, right? And and that was one of those moments where you knew that God was sending us a sign that He had Pip, <laughs> and that you know He He knew that He cared about our pain, and that was a great moment. It was a great, beautiful lesson, and it it really warmed my heart, it made me feel so much better. And the boys too. And the next day, I was driving in an area of Tampa that I was not familiar with, and I'm looking around, and I was. I've never been in this area. I looked at a sign, and the sign, the road was Pipkin Road. I kid you not. <laughs> I was like, there's God again. I was like, so weird. But anyway, it was a really cool, cool story. It really is. And you know, yeah. it, so many people, you things like that happen, you throw them out the door. You, But if you sit down and think about the odds of that, no, I just, mean, it just becomes astronomical. Yeah. And that's exactly the kind of things that God does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I mean, the, the numbers, it was Pip's birthday, like, so weird. You know, it's interesting how you say it. so one of the things that God does and I was thinking when we go every knee shall bow right and we're with Jesus remember that time you lost your keys for like five minutes and you're running around and so frustrated but God was like you know what there was that huge accident up the street that was gonna happen I mean how many times has he just yeah. stepped in maybe you know I don't know I don't know that's I, just no, something I've thought about like you never know I don't know but I've thought about stuff like that yeah so. I, I always think about things like that too when that kind of stuff happens I was like no there was a reason why you weren't supposed to be there at that time right like, right, absolutely. Yeah. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. So, anyway, so what is our feature topic of the day? Wait, do you have a story? No, I just I think one's good. Right, yeah. we'll, right. we'll tease them for next time. I have a yeah. oh, I have a healing story for next time, next episode. Okay. Oh, he's teasing you, ladies. Yes, there's a tease. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are talking about the COVID beast. This is part six, and um, you know we we've been just destroying the COVID narrative from start to finish. You know, and we've been talking about the vaccine and all the problems. And we're going to bring a few things up already. Just, I mean, honestly, every week there's just a whole show just talking about, you know, the different things that are coming out. And we're finding out more about, you know, what's happening. So last time, though, we talked about, you know, the temple of the Holy Spirit. We talked about how the mark of the beast, they got to have access to the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we found out that if God says that this temple of his, that's his Holy Spirit, he says anybody that destroys that, God will destroy him. So you start to see here there's something about our bodies that's a little more important than a lot of what Christians say. And then we talked about capitulation, about we cannot capitulate. When it comes to our bodies, the temple of the Holy Spirit, we don't give access to our bodies um, unless we do our research to make sure because we do not want to defile that temple. So um, it's not just a, you know, a little cardboard box. And um, I think, you know, obviously when when you see people that talk about having uh, or you see some of these near-death experiences, they recognize the people. Your body (laughs) is going to be how people recognize you really throughout eternity. So uh, it's it's an important thing. So um, yesterday I spent two hours on the phone, you know, (laughs) Not, not. I'm not kidding. Um, we have two different cruises that we have booked through two different um, cruise lines, and of course, I elected to, you know, do the cruise credit. Blah blah blah. Well, 
those two different cruises have turned into six different cruises that have all been canceled. Wow. And the last one we redeemed with Carnival, you know, they said, look, you know, you, we're not requiring vaccine to be on it. Well, of course, the governor in Florida said, hey, yeah, you can't have a vaccine. A business can't require, okay, proof of vaccination to enter their business and so on and so forth. So here we have the, the cruise lines. And again, the CDC is the one who's doing this. Nobody in there is an elected official right so you see them superseding congress right yeah. you super, superseding the governor and uh, so this is what they've decided to do of course so now i had to call and say look you know i know we just talked and you know you just completely lied um but she says we didn't lie <laughs> right i go well i didn't see you lied by you know on purpose yeah right but it's the net effect is that a lie so it took two hours i'm not kidding to get that cruise canceled and um you know and this is what's going to happen around the country we've seen it happen now in france right people if you go to a restaurant unvaccinated you could be in jail for six months and right. if you're the owner it could be a year so um this is happening right in front of us so if we if we lose rights to our bodies mm -hmm. you know we we really have lost everything well i was just seeing that uh first of all we got an email from carnival saying that the restrictions they were going to place on vaccinated versus unvaccinated. They were first they separate you out from the vaccinated, obviously, right? But then the unvaccinated have their own pool, right? That it, they put a special. It's called the leper pool, <laughs> right? Right, and then they put a special mark on your ticket, and then there's certain shows that you can't see. There's certain areas that you can't go into. There's certain whatever that you don't have access. The kids don't have access to the kids club. There's like all these things. Then you have a. Um, a, you get charged extra now i just heard that they are um in order to discourage unvaccinated people from going on the cruise they're they're going to um hike the prices way up right to try and discourage unvaccinated people from going on the cruise because they they can't in florida are you saying that they're charging two different prices yes they are actually mm -hmm. they're doing that intentionally and it was just on the news um it's crazy all the things that they're doing they're playing these little games right because if they're going to be in Florida, DeSantis is like, you know, this is what, if you're going to be here, this is what I require. So they're playing another game. And then they were saying that, okay, so now we're going to test you, right? We read that. Everywhere you go, we're going to test you right. for COVID. You're going to have to pay extra to have this testing done at your own expense. We're going to test your children at every port. And when you come back in, and then you may have to be in your room while we're waiting for results, you're going to have to be locked into your, it's crazy. Yeah. And it was like it, mm -mm, you're it not was a do ninety. That. They were required ninety five percent of the people to be vaccinated, and I just said we're we're not okay with being singled out and branded and you know multiply humiliated multiple times and then probed on right. multiple times. We're not signing up for all of that. And then the chemicals on those, um, you know, those per, those things that they stick up your nose the swabs yeah, yeah, right yeah they have they're have carcinogenic chemicals on there you're like i'm not doing that to my kid like you're just mm. not going to keep doing that to Plus my kid it's not very comfortable over. either at every port like you're not doing that to my kid yeah like that's not going to happen that's it's ridiculous cool. so you know the new york uh, state senate passed that draconian type bill and that was supposed to be signed by kumu but this is cuomo. we're going to see this cuomo and um <laughs> again no exceptions no religious no uh, health exemptions it's just this is what we're doing and uh, of course you know when the when i wrote this part of the article there was fifty thousand people that already had some kind of vaccine injury and of course every day now we know the vayers is at over ten thousand people 
you know, that have, um, you know, died because of this virus. So, um, and uh, another one we covered was the Houston uh, physician warning that Pfizer and Moderna's vaccines don't provide immunity. Of course, that's old news at this point. Mm -hmm. The big thing now is that we're seeing that the the um, vaccines are really only maybe 30 to 40% effective. And that makes sense because, you know, if you're looking at America and you're going like, okay, we see these numbers go up 30%. Remember, 50% of us are vaccinated. Mm -hmm. So you can't see an epidemic, you know, if 50% are vaccinated. You just can't see that. Go ahead. I just wonder what you just said, right? Um, The vaccine minister announced his vaccine passport will also be needed to go to the cinema, church, and football in um, the U.K., Yes. Mm. Prime Minister Boris uh, Johnson made a what mockery of Freedom Day by n- announcing all these things in the UK. Yeah. Mm. Right. You this can't even is, go to church this, unless you, you've been vaccinated. That's right. That's crossing I'm, the line. Yeah. <laughs> well, all of it's crossing the line. Well, and again, this is, you know, once Hitler marked them, once he made those people wear their little, your, your scar, your badge, whatever you want to call it, you know, the little star, you know, that it was over. Yeah. He won. Yep. And this is when, really, the only way you can really say is that, hey, if every person in France that wasn't vaccinated yeah. went to every restaurant and, and, again, refused to leave and said, we're not vaccinated and we need to go to jail for six months. Well, how about, and yeah. then they would be like, wait a minute, I guess these people are not going to comply with this. And this mm. is what I'm talking about. This is what Christians do. We, we have to stand up for things like this. And and yet we have people like Franklin Graham who are saying, hey, look, you should take this yeah, vaccine, Jesus right? Would do. And this is what Jesus would do. Right. I mean, this is the kind of stuff. And again, love Franklin Graham, yeah. but sorry, he's lost his mind on this right. one. Just completely yeah, he, lost he his mind. He missed this one. Right. What about in Australia, right? They have one person in the hospital with COVID and they've locked down an entire city. The people can't leave their homes. Did you hear that? No, I haven't. No, uh-uh. One person in the hospital. So they locked down everyone. You, you, and, and then they put um, uh, the elderly in, what do they call them? Um, in hospitals, like uh, midi hospitals or something. They can't leave either. You, right. They lock wow. them down. You cannot leave. You cannot leave your house. You cannot leave the town. They have what they call um, emergency, like um, places like, like uh, stores open, but only the essentials. Like you, but you cannot leave this town. You cannot leave your home. One person hospitalized with COVID. Why do we have freedom now? Because people died for it. Okay, right. thousands and thousands of people died for the freedoms that we have. Yeah. And unfortunately, it is also true that that's what's going to take for make it. To, it's really to continue. And the point is, is that if we're afraid to have people die, and they're still dying even with these restrictions, but if these restrictions can be used to take away our freedoms then everybody that's already died for them, right, yeah. is, is wasted it. Wasted. Right? It's yeah. just wasted it. You know, and again, the, still the facts are the facts. In Norway, for example, um, they actually were able to indict some of their leaders over having a false pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. And again, that was a crime against humanity. So Yeah. Do you you had one, another one? Yeah, Pfizer COVID vaccine destroys every system of the human body, warns Israeli health experts. Yes. This is a headline. This is what they're saying in Israel. They're saying fifty <laughs> up to fifty four percent on one of them. Yeah. Uh, the new people that this what is it called the Delta variant? Yeah. You know, fifty four percent of the people yeah. that had it are vaccinated people. So yeah. you start to realize, wait a minute, what's going on here? Now, meanwhile, you have Texas. You know, when they finally went maskless and they were kind of trying to be the rebels that they are. 
you know, they saw their COVID Woo-hoo. rates fall down, yeah. you know. But if you think the United States is bad, Chile was at 60% vaccination rate. And that was covered mm. by Forbes magazine. And yet they had their worst outbreaks ever. Mm. So, again, you can't have a vaccine that's effective. But yet these vaccines, right, are yeah. being used to discriminate against what? The unvaccinated. Right. Even though they're not really having any real advantage to them. And we have no idea um, what could be the disadvantages because there's no long term. And we have 10,000 people dead. Right. And they're saying, and some of the numbers are saying that it's as, um, what, the it's only protecting 19% of, you know, the vaccinated even. Like, this is so ridiculous. You're like, what's the point? Well, especially, what, you know, we have multiple sor- sources now where this un, you know, the, the population that virtually has no risk are those people that are under 30. And yet here we are seeing now more people hospitalized and more deaths in that just from the vaccine. Right. So this is the kind of thing that right. we're starting to get repeat. Yeah. Uh, another one we covered was Dr. Uh, Carrie uh, Madaj, and uh, she talked about the gene code injection. And that's, of course, on America's Frontline Doctors. And again, talking about how this vaccine does have the potential of changing our, our genetic codes. Right. right. So this is the ideas that we've been talking about, that if the COVID narrative, again, the cause comes in the world, right, then they require access to our bodies. And then now they come out with something that says we can't buy or sell, yep. which is exactly what a vaccine passport is. So this other correlations that we talked about in that verse is something about your forehead. And I guess we should clarify because when it says a mark, it is, it is literal. They literally need access to our body to literally do something to us. Mm-hmm. But where this marker is, you're going to see in the forehead and then the hand are not necessarily literal areas. Okay. So when we talk about the right hand of faith, right? Um, you're talking about a scriptures, multiple ones, but um, one of the best ones that probably show this, this that is maybe not literal is when there's a passage that you may remember this one, Rob, where he talks about if your right eye offends you, mm-hmm. right, pluck it out. Take it out, yeah. It's better to go into to, to, you know, eternity with one eye than to, mm-hmm. to lose the whole body. Right. And so, again, clearly we're talking about something that is you know not literal and of course so then this right hand idea is really important um i love isaiah forty-one thirteen. for i am the lord your god i hold your right hand fear not i am the one who helps you so god, what we see here is that god wants to hold our right hand because it's the place of it's the place where we put our honor and our authority. It's kind of like our choice, our, vo- our vote, if you will. So being in someone's right hand implies that I'm under their authority and protection. So when we put our right hand, and again, this is where, you know, God told Jesus, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies um, your footstool. So, yeah, and it does often say that the right hand, and like it says, don't let your left know what your right's doing. Right. You know, so you'll you'll notice that throughout the Bible, and the, and Jesus is sitting at the right hand of right. the Father. So mm-hmm. interesting, right? So if you think about your right hand, if you can't buy or sell, that's pretty clear that somebody's holding your right hand. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Your power, your ability to execute. You know, most people, if they can't execute with their right hand, they're in trouble, right? So imagine doing everything left-handed. What would no really thanks. get done? Unless you're our son who's... Left-handed? No, he's, he's ambidextrous. Oh, really? That's he's, cool. He's a true ambidextrous. Oh, that's cool. I didn't is, know that. Which is less than 1% of the population, actually. Oh, wow. That's cool. 
Well, the other thing we talked about is, you know, is there a, some kind of marker related to this whole narrative that also has the mark of the beast? Mm-hmm. So the word corona, right, it, it has yep. six letters. Uh-huh. So you make that the first letter. Okay. Now, just lay out the alphabet. A is number one, B sure. is number two, so on and so forth. C is three. What? Exa- what? Is there we go. So you e add it up, five. okay? Those letters come out to 66. What? So you have six letters that uh-huh. equal the number 66, that's 666. So there's a Whoa. connection to, you know, the 666 narrative to of the Bible. the Satan? Yep. Wow. So, you know, if that's we, crazy. you look at it, and, and then also, what's in our forehead, right? Bindi. That, well, that's true. That's later. You're a crown, maybe? <gasps> crown. Wait, Corona means crown. Hey, <gasps> there it is. Ding, 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 and, ding, ding. Uh, oh, you know what? I didn't actually put that together till you guys said. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we just had an epiphany. You see, I hope that went. <laughs> you did. I did. Thank you. We're getting better at this. <laughs> wow. I did. All right. I, I really didn't get that. Yeah, the, all the audience is going. What are they talking about? <laughs> hey. Wow, kids. I just well, you got know, that. if you think about it, you oh, know, your funny. your forehead is like no, right your in the middle. Forehead is right in the middle of your head. Face. Face. <laughs> <laughs> your face is the most distinctive thing about you, right? Aw, thanks. Exactly. And so think about our face is like exactly where our identity, that's that's where we get that from. So the idea of changing something, marking us in our forehead, I mean, that's how we're recognized, right. you know? And so you start to think about, well, and then also in my forehead is my mind, specifically the frontal lobe of the brain and he's got a lot of forehead there's a lot he's of forehead because there's no hair to frame it out he and rob are both bald <laughs> yes yes the so, whole thing is forehead yeah. <laughs> lots of forehead. forehead i mean we're gonna need two marks clearly <laughs> <laughs> no that's good i like that yeah. so uh the frontal lobe is where our you know again our mind our speech our personalities right so if we're talking about being marked in the forehead, we could be talking about some kind of authority over our mind. That would also make sense with respect to why people, again, worship the beast because their mind has really been taken over. Um, it also represents possibly a seared conscience. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's other times where the Bible talks about marks in the forehead. Revelation 17 talks about Babel. I just got that whole crown thing, and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> We're still on the crown. Go back on the crown. Go back to the crown. Have a little slow. Talk to the crown. <laughs> so um, Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. So this woman comes up out, and the deceived children of this harlot specifically are marked in their foreheads. Of course, Revelations 14.1 speaks of the 144,000 who have both the name of the Lamb and the Father written in their foreheads so we're going to see there is a connection between you know the forehead both for satan and for and for god and his children yeah because yep. they're sealed in their forehead yes we are sealed there hey wait are you stealing where we're going whoa next? wait what huh i didn't even read the notes for this week oh. we have notes she did wait, she confessed what? when did we get notes <laughs> i know rob <laughs> we're supposed to cover the notes rob don't give it away well All think right. about this you know if you think about in heaven right our minds are an open book there's mm-hmm. no such thing as anything hidden, right? right? Later, I mean, when you see something hidden in our foreheads, we can't read each other's minds. But the Bible says, Mark 4, 2, 2, that nothing can be hidden in heaven, which means everybody's going to know everything. Right. And that, that kind of stacks up and makes, makes sense. But again, this forehead idea is not necessarily 
a, an actual tangible area, although it could be. We just found out that this vaccine does actually cross the blood-brain barrier. Right. So, you know, and the last thing I'll say is that word that's used for forehead there, and we'll come back to this because we will blow this whole thing up one more time, but the root word for the, the forehead that the Bible talks about is the word meta. And we get the word mm. meta, and the most common one for most people is metamorphosis, right? So the idea is that you were one thing before this, and you were something else after this. So this, if with respect to our mind, our forehead, our identity, we have a new identity and a new forehead, right? I mean, a new, <laughs> we, have, we get two foreheads, sorry. <laughs> we have a new, <laughs> new mind, and we also have of course, a new mentality, if you will. Okay. See, I, my forehead's so big, I call it tin head. Tin head. I'll be like, it's, <laughs> it's so big, I call it tin head. <laughs> Me so, and Rihanna, tin head is giant. You know, if you <laughs> think deep thoughts, <laughs> if you think about things that could change your mind, okay, that is powerful. How does the mark of the beast cause a metamorphosis of our mind? Change our mind. I mean, that to me tells you this could be something that's huge. Right. Yeah. Now, let's go with the thunder. There is another. Thor? That's right. She does love her some Thor. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Chris Hemsworth. Hello. <laughs> it's her first Real blonde cute. that she's really liked. I usually liked. don't, but he real cute. Okay, Thor, hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I maybe, uh, I'll, maybe I'll let Rob read this one, The Opening of the Abyss. But uh, this is in Revelation 9. And again, what we see here is that there's going to be an opening of the abyss. And this may be the most spectacular part or the most definitive thing that happens in the uh, tribulation. And what we're going to see is that there's a correlation about something in their forehead. Rob, you want to read that verse? Um, is the verse up? Do we even have that verse ready? I don't see the verse up and ready. Are you on sure. opening of the Are abyss? on the opening of the abyss? And I'm looking where then the fifth angel sounded his trumpets, and I saw a star that had a fallen from the earth to the earth, and it was given to the key of the pit of the abyss. The star opened to the pit of the abyss, and the smoke rose out of it like smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by smoke from the pit. And out of the smoke, locusts descended on the earth, and they were given power like those of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plants or trees, but only those who did not have the seal of God mm. on their foreheads. Now, isn't that interesting oh. here? Now, let's, let's talk about the abyss, okay? First of all, the abyss is that underground prison where spirits were disobedient, they were disciplined for what they did in the so days of being Noah. Disobedient. <laughs> disobedient. Don't be doing that. Don't mm. be doing that now. Teddy but that's said, mm -mm. that's First Peter three nineteen and twenty. Mm. So that's what this is, and the the abyss is also thought of as an underground spirit. And again, they're disciplined for what they did in the days of Noah. Okay. Now, when you think about the abyss, it's really as in no. Uh, uh, uh. That's right. So the spirit of the Antichrist is in the abyss, right? He's actually the king of the abyss. He's called the angel of the bottomless pit. Now, do you think that's a God's angel or do you think that's a fallen angel? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a fallen angel. Now, what's, uh, really, yes. what's interesting about the, the abyss is that all of these spirits... But I bet the barbecue is real good down there. <laughs> the barbecue. Oh, my God. <laughs> So the barbecue, I'm not sure, uh, <laughs> but 
you know, what's striking to me is that they have a king down there, right? <laughs> and obviously, he's called Abaddon in the Greek and Apollyon, of course, in the Greek. And so this king over the bottomless pit, that is the spirit of the Antichrist. So again, this spirit of the Antichrist doesn't have a body. When the, when the abyss is opened, that spirit is going to come out from the abyss and it's going to go and inhabit a body. Which means that's why when you think about the, the uh, tribulation, why the Antichrist is kind of the first three and a half years, right, is not as bad as he is later because something happens to him. So you think about this guy's already been marked, right? He's marked for possession, right? Mm. And again, these things are coming out. And like what, what might they also be able to do? Wait, like locusts. Right. Do you know what locusts, why they chase each other? This might be interesting. No, nope. mm, tell guys, us. So what locusts are actually doing is they're chasing, they're, they're hungry, they're ravenously hungry. And so what they're actually looking for is food. And what they're chasing is the nearest protein source, which is in front of them, which is actually one of them. Right. Ew. Yeah. They're ch- all they're doing is chasing the nearest protein source to eat. You think about the devouring, but again, yeah. we're going to define Gross. a little yeah, of what's disgusting. happening here. But you start to think about it. The Antichrist is coming out of the abyss and he will go in and inhabit Abaddon or Apollyon. Okay? He's got a host. And you think about what will these other spirits also want to do? They want to have somebody marked for possession. Right. Right. And so you start to think about some people can't even be messed with. The people that have God's mark, right. everybody else can be messed with as well. So let's talk about a couple things. First of all, when Jesus, you know, was crucified, right? And when mm-hmm. he was in the grave, the Bible says that he went to an underground prison where he witnessed to those spirits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that witnessing is probably not, hey, you know, y'all need to come <laughs> to Jesus. No. no, he was witnessing that he now holds all power in heaven and earth and of the underworld. So yes. this key is held by Jesus currently, right? And when this key is given back, right? Now all of a sudden, what do you think Satan's going to do with it? Oh, he's going to use that key. He's going <laughs> to use the key to free his open troops. It. Let's open it, right? right? Yeah. These are captured troops of right. Satan, right? And what do you think? How do you think they're going to feel about being in prison down there for 4,000 yeah. years? And what do you think mm. those things like locusts are going to look to devour, guys? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Anything. Yeah. They're going to be very, very, very angry and ready so, for Yeah, and war. when they say like locusts, locusts aren't like a couple hundred. No. Yeah, you start yeah. to see how many of these spirits. Again, you're talking about thousands of years of spirits that have been disciplined for their actions. You know, right. and you think about how many fallen angels are there. Well, the Bible says that it's one third, but one third of innumerable is a lot of angels. Wow. Yeah. So, what do you think they're going to do? Well, they're going to do with the same thing they did the last time, which is why it's like the days of Noah. They're going to have a lot of pent up rage, right? They are human beast hybrids. Mm. That sounds interesting because that's exactly what a Nephilim really was. Right, exactly. Probably something similar to that, and we see this happening. And they are given great power. They do have free reign over the earth, but they're not allowed to hurt the earth, the grass, or the trees. They cannot kill, but they cannot, but they can torment. So, And they can't do anything to those who have the seal of God in their foreheads. And, so, and I love that. Sorry to interrupt you, but I know I love that because that just shows how God, just like in the book of Job, you know, Satan was able to do, he was able to do everything he wanted to, to Job, but what? Take his life. So there were still restrictions which show that God is in control. 
Way to go, Pastor Thank Rob. you. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. Thank you very much. See you later. I'm going home. <laughs> that was awesome. Gold star. <laughs> well, Thanks. Exactly. And you start to realize, though, that they don't have any power over those people that have the seal of God in their foreheads. That's right. And so here's what you have to ask yourself. Here we have these spirits that are coming out of the abyss. And they're, again, looking for something to inhabit, okay, or at least torment, right? And again, they can't touch us, so who are they going to touch? People that don't have that seal, right? And if they have the mark of the beast, what do you think they can do to them? Mm. See, I believe that these people are the mark of the beast is a mark for demonic possession that will happen in the middle of the tribulation or whenever the abyss is opened. I just cannot believe that it's a coincidence that in the end times, both Satan and God have a seal of their children with a mark or seal in their foreheads. I mean, I just can't believe that that's a coincidence, right? So we're sealed one way or the other, but not everybody is sealed either way. So that means we are still fighting for the minds and hearts to the last person has has decided, the last person who has made their choice. And in the last days, you know, the last person either does or does not take the mark of the beast. Right, exactly. And, you know, just like you're saying, the main goal of Satan is, you know, to overtake our bodies. And right now, God's major, what is his goal? He wants to inhabit us with the Holy Spirit. And so right now, if you have the Holy Spirit inside you, you actually have God inside you, that you have the Holy Spirit, the same God that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside you. So right now, we cannot be possessed. If you have the Holy Spirit inside you, you cannot be possessed. Now, you can be oppressed. What's the difference? Glad you asked. So in the Greek, it comes down to influence. Rob, you're talking kind of fast, man. Am I talking too fast? You're talking no. really fast. Oh, man, I was having I trouble me excited. not talking down. I get excited about Rob. this he stuff. He was just blowing this, this up. Well, you'll see in some later episodes, I take part of a lot of um, things that are okay, going a little faster. to wake slow up, wake up, wake up, wake up, down. Wake up. I know I do a lot of healing and deliverance. Yeah. And, you know, so you can be influenced, but, but you, they cannot have ownership over you. Okay, so when you're disembodied, it's it's um, it, it's not a good thing, right? So again, when you have the Holy Spirit inside you, I'll talk a little slower. You cannot be possessed, just oppressed. Big, big difference. And so, and that's why we still can cast out demons today. And you know, Jesus wasn't the only one. You know, the first thing he did was he came out, and what did he do? He went to a synagogue and cast and cast out a demon. But he did that throughout his entire ministry, and he also sent out the twelve to do the same thing. The first time was in Matthew 10, 6 through 8. You know, read your Bibles and go through that. I'm not going to get all into that. But anyway, so again, where's that like? Just like you were talking about, just like in the days of Noah. You know, these Satan's going to want to come in and have his fun and try to yeah. overtake what Jesus has been doing. And what we're supposed to be doing is, is, is leading people to the Lord for salvation. So, Well, these entities are going to have power. But guess what, Rob? You just said it so are we absolutely absolutely they're not going to be able to mess with us and that's really important but the narrative that's lost in the christian church today is that these spirits okay do not have bodies and again they come out and what do you think they're going to want to do they want to what have a host right and so i believe that's what the mark of the beast is preparing them for and that's why because they become demonically possessed with spirits that have been in the abyss the whole time worshiping who the same guy the guy who really is the antichrist and here's another thing everything that's been that is in the abyss are things that have been here before right so this is the second coming 
of what? That antichrist spirit, because he's already been here before. Mm -hmm. And so these are things that we want to work through. You know, and when you think about the, um, well, our bodies, you know, the Bible talks about, and I'll give you the scripture, 2 Corinthians 5.3 talks about how we Christians are earnestly desired to be clothed with a house that is from heaven, right? And that, if you go back to June 1.6, and it's talking specifically about what is it that was lost in the fall, in the, in the war in heaven. It says that they lost their oikateron their habitation and health. So the same thing we gain is the same thing they lost. And so that's what they're really looking to do. And you start to see that that ties into lots of the agendas, right? And then you just said it, Rob, what's God's ultimate goal? To have the Holy Spirit Spirit inside of us, right? Absolutely. So what do you think Satan's ultimate goal is? Same thing. Same thing, but a different spirit, Mm -hmm. right? And so you start to realize how this all kind of comes together. So, and again, think about this now. You think about the seal, okay? Like, I'm a cruise, <laughs> right? And don't you think that in heaven they can see all of that spiritually, right? And so when, when God puts his seal, I believe it says specifically that's the name sometimes, right? That could actually be used. So we start to see that there is more going on here. There is a familial thing going on here. And uh, this is part of what our body really means. So if we go back and look at 2 Corinthians uh, one twenty one, Revelation 7.3, Ephesians 1.13, uh, and Ephesians 4.30, this is what we're told. We are told that we are inhabited by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and we are told that we are sealed. Christians are sealed and pledged until the day of revelation and really the day of redemption. And so this is the heritage that we have. We are sealed. We do not need to fear uh, these times. This reminds me of that of that dream remember I told you the other night where I was on an airplane and for, I don't know, it was at night and uh, the airplane was having all sorts of turbulence and trouble. And um, at first it was a little bit of turbulence and then it started getting worse. And all of a sudden the, um, and it was really dark out and the engines, you could hear them cut out. And then every, and everybody started screaming and the plane started to go down and literally everyone screaming. But I, in the middle of it, I just started praying because I was like, God is not giving up on us. And so I started praying as loudly as I could because I could hear everyone crying and screaming. And, I, and then I just started praying in, in tongues as loud as I could because I thought if I can get them to hear me and get everyone to start praying and as loud as they can, God is not going to give up on us. I didn't want everyone to start crying and giving up because I was like, no, they have to hear me. They have to start doing this too. You cannot give up. And it feels like, you know, when you hear this, you're like, oh, crap, right? But this is the same moment. Yes. And that's the Holy Spirit that we have inside of us, you know, that we can cry out to God. And people will be crying out to God. And we're going to have people there that are still able to share the gospel, to still show the power of God, right? And so here's what I'm going to say to you. Um, If we have this release of spirits, and we haven't seen these things in a long time, and they're allowed to interact with humanity, what do you think they're going to say? Rob. Yes, Demon Rob. Tell us, what, <laughs> who are you? I am your best friend, and I am here to give you all kinds of powers, and I'm, your, and I'm nice, and I love you, and follow me, and guess what will happen? You can have everything you want, and you could be a god, and do amazing things, and fly, and yeah, I mean, it's not going to be truthful at all. Right, know? and I'll talk to you, and I'll tell you the secrets of the universe. Exactly, exactly. Right? Kind and of so, what happened in the garden. And, and that is exactly it. So 
really the way I really became open to the alien agenda is that honestly what are they going to tell us it has to be something that ties into what is already going on they're going to say that they are what aliens right we're here from another dimension remember they want to be what a savior because that's what jesus was mm-hmm. so they're mm-hmm. we've come to you in this dire time of human history right mm-hmm. and so you start to realize that this is exactly a narrative that lines up and again, we talked about Billy Crone and how he has a lot of stuff in that area that's talking about how aliens and demons uh, absolutely do line up. And I think that's really important. But what I want to do right now is connect some dots. Okay? Here's some dots. We're going to play a game. My, i got to put my dots. glasses back on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only one pair today. When we think through, <laughs> I want you to think through, we've talked about five prophetic scenarios. The first one was mm-hmm. the War of the Seed, mm-hmm. right? And good. everything ends up working out to just two categories. Two categories of people, right? Two categories of creatures, if you will. The War of the Seeds, Genesis, the three chapter, right? God's seed or offspring, which all reproduce after their kind, right? Only their kind. Then we have Satan's seed or offspring. And again, they represent a different kind, right? Now we know that we're talking about Genesis 6 now, that when did we see this seed? When, when did we see a different kind of seed or different kind of human being? That's the only people that really appear in the Bible. And these Nephilim were what? A different kind, but they were hybrids. They could still reproduce with human beings, Sorry. but they also... <laughs> what was that? I don't know. Aliens, oh no. It was a Nephilim. It was a Nephilim. No, 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 it keeps doing So it. you think about Genesis, the sixth chapter, and you start to realize, hey... This is a different kind of seed. And was there a war between these Nephilim and normal human beings? Yes, there was. In the Bible, we were told to kill them. Now think about that. Mm -hmm. That means that Noah, right? The Bible says he was perfect in his generations. And what did the Bible say about the people that were killed? It said their flesh had become corrupt. Okay, that would mean if their flesh literally was corrupt, it means their DNA was corrupt. And possibly what? No, we know they had corrupted minds. So if they had corrupted flesh and corrupted minds because they only thought about evil continually, you start to realize the connection between our flesh, our DNA, and our minds, right? So here we have a genetic narrative that's producing two kinds of people. Then we have Daniel, second chapter, telling us that the last kingdom on the face of the earth, now we are saying this again, the people are going to be two kinds of people in the last days partly iron and partly clay, in that they mingled themselves with the seed of men, and the two would not what? They wouldn't mix. They wouldn't cleave together. There was enmity. A little bit the same enmity comes back from Genesis, the third chapter. So again, two kinds of people, some with mingled seed. And what is mingled seed? Single. When you talk about single seed, um, I don't know why. Why did I talk about single here? (laughs) Sorry. We're talking about seed. (laughs) Seed in the Bible is talking about genetic material right? You start to realize, whoa, so some people have normal, unaltered genetic material. Now, this vaccine is absolutely overriding our God-given RNA codes. That's a fact. There's no debate about that. So that means this would qualify as genetic material. It would qualify as seed. We have just been divided. Is there already enmity between vaccinated people and unvaccinated people? What will you oh, guys yeah. think? Yeah, already, already. How many more friends do you have on Facebook now, Alex? <laughs> I don't really have 
that stuff. I don't. Didn't know. you get unfriended by a few people? <laughs> Family mostly. Yeah, that's terrible. And in, in the NFL, it just came out yesterday. I was watching ESPN, and they're talking about all the NFL players that are getting vaccinated now. And uh, the Chiefs just happened to be up at the time, and it, they were talking about how their ninety percent of the team and staff have been vaccinated already. And you have to have in the NFL, you have to have a valid reason, either <laughs> medical or religious reason and it has to be valid not to get vaccinated well and i wonder so if they consider the, the room the mark of the beast is that valid how about i can't give you access to my body right and and let you do anything to my seat right, right? Well, and it's pretty sad and there's only one coach on kansas City, the offensive wow. line coach he's the only one that hasn't taken it on the coaching staff so just imagine what's going on in, in that. You know? and, so, is, and he's not going to be able to participate. So the players that don't, they're not going to get kicked off the team that even have religious things, but they can't partake in certain uh, parts of practice and stuff like that. So they're being the, isolated. The division has happened. The iron is being separated from the clay. If you were a pastor, if you were a Christian leader, how can you miss this division that is happening? Now think about the larger picture. United we what? Stand. Stand. Divided we fall. Come on, Alex. Fall. Fall, yeah. She's like, fall, all right, I'll jump on. She's looking up another one. So you start to realize this is happening right in front of us, and nobody is talking about it. Now think about the mark of the beast. Revelation is the 13th chapter. We talk about somebody that is unmarked with Satan, okay, and God holds their right hand. And then you have somebody else that is what? Marked in their forehead, okay, which talks about their mind or their right hand and how Satan probably holds their right hand, okay? And again, that's symbolic, the right hand. The right hand. Then we have the opening of the abyss. We have two kinds of people. We have some people that are sealed in their forehead by the Holy Spirit, and we have some unmarked people, okay, that are not sealed by God, but they now can be what? Inhabited or tormented by demons. So you start to add all this up and you start to see the connection between what? The days of Noah and exactly what's happening in the end time. And these are genetic narratives that have been completely lost in the church today. And both, all three of these first passages, really the first four, again, talk about something that was DNA related. Okay. So again, if we keep spiritualizing everything, but the bottom line is there are two kinds of people that are there in the end times, and this is happening right in front of us. So that's how the days of Noah and the mark of the beast are manifesting exactly at the same time. And again, the genetic markers absolutely could be considered something that would fit the general parameters of the mark of the beast. And it does produce a different seed. Okay, And then it also affects the idea of salvation. If Jesus didn't die for pigs and chickens and cows, then again, there's nowhere that the genetic makeup of the Nephilim allowed them to be what? Redeemed. They were unredeemable. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the genetic narratives that we've lost. Um, let me read this. John 1, uh, 12. It says, but to as many as did receive him and welcomed them, he gave the right, the authority, the privilege to become the children of God. That is to those who believe in, adhere to, and trust in, and rely on his name. And that's why the name of the living God is written inside of us. That is exactly why we have that covenant. So So in other words, we go along through human history and we see these genetic narratives in the Bible. But when the mark of the beast appears, this is an end of the age of grace specifically regarding something called the mark of the beast. And it's kind of a partial return 
to the Old Testament. So something happened. Satan comes up with something new, a new choice that has never been given to us before, and somehow it basically changes uh, how grace really works and how uh, salvation can even be applied to us. And I think the genetic narrative explains that. Um, let's talk about another thing that genes can do, okay? There's a weirdo story in the Bible about a donkey and a guy by the name of Balaam. Tell right. me about that, Rob. Right, yeah, and his, and his donkey could see the angel, and, and, and there he is, he's getting so frustrated. Balaam's getting so frustrated at this donkey, and he's yelling and kicking it, but see, he can't see the angel. So obviously there's something going on different with this donkey. Why can this donkey see, yet Balaam can't? You know, what's going on right there? Well, you know, and that's the whole point, and Balaam was on his way to sell out Israel, by the way, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, God's people, mm-hmm. right? And so... God was going to stop him. Right. And he's on his faithful donkey. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I love that story. You know, and he could see the angel, right? Right. And 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 Balaam couldn't. So you think about this, like if, if we put DNA from quail into chickens, the chickens move their head like quail. They sound like quail. Those are complex memory patterns. If we change our DNA, right, specifically blending humans, animals, plants, etc., we could change what? Our perceptions, especially in the spiritual dimension because mm-hmm. we have the power to ignore angels, but again, the donkey did not. Now, you were saying Michael Heiser um, thinks something else is going on there? Right. Well, because when, uh, what other time in the Bible can you think that an animal had the ability to talk and to see something supernatural or to, you know, when else in the Bible did that happen, guys? Uh, I would have to say the gardening with the serpent. Oh, How about yeah. that? Oh, yeah. What do I win? What do I win? Mm, something special. <laughs> but something supernatural is happening there. You know, right. there's something extraordinary happening with that animal. That's not normal. So it um, had to be gifted something supernatural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Hence the show, Supernatural Junkies, because why <laughs> the whole Bible is supernatural. Yeah. We covered that our first episode. So. so you think about a satanic seal in the forehead mm. and that there's a, some kind of metamorphosis of the mind. Again, is anything you know tying into what's going on with what Satan's trying to do now? In other yeah. words, if we look at his game plan now, what ties into this idea of a metamorphosis of the mind that specifically marks us in our forehead? Boy, all you have to do is go on the on the internet, and oh, you will yeah. see yeah. all kinds of people. They have the all-seeing eye yeah. and the pyramid right yeah. between right. their eyes. Yep. Right. Let, let me say something about that real quick, if I could. So, yeah, you're talking about this third eye and whatnot. And what's really scary is it is very uh, it's deceptive. Because check this out. This, this girl has this website, excuse me, this YouTube page. And it talks about how we can talk to our guardian angel. Yes. So here you even have Christians, you know, Christian people yeah. who are sitting there going, oh, wow. That's amazing because a lot of people don't know. Do we really have a guardian angel? Do we not? And so she's literally talking about how to do this and talking people through it. And she has a cross on, by the way. And she's just deceiving these people. But I'm telling you, you're not talking to your guardian angel right there. It's demonic and it's very, very scary. So we'll get the verse on that. But the Bible absolutely tells us we, we don't need to talk to angels. 
Uh, that's very, very specific. And so this idea of a metamorphosis of the mind can work a little bit like a veil, opening or closing it. You think about the veil that was rent from top to bottom. It symbolized that now the dwelling place of God is no longer in the temple, right? In Jerusalem, it's in our hearts. Mm -hmm. So again, that altered perception is the Holy Spirit. That's why we can be led of the Holy Spirit. And it changes how we think and how we feel, right? The spiritual realm. So you think about this same thing could also be happening with the uh, mark of the beast okay so that sealing or unsealing is changing perceptions and so is there a mark in the world today is there a religion in the world today that is foreshadowing this same mark of the beast that will one day be in our foreheads sure there's you know there's a some uh hindu beliefs right that that sort of have the same mark that whole shakti pot Thing that that happens that there's that tie into um, yoga right uh, practices that do the same thing that Rob you want to get into some of that now uh, the yoga stuff yeah, yeah I've actually studied a lot about yoga I started uh, with Derek Prince I've studied I, a lot of his writings and well, whatnot I used to do yoga. did you <gasps> all right we're gonna go do a uh, deliverance to, I, I, we're gonna throw I, it I, out <laughs> I, I used to do hot yoga so um you know um closer to hell no because <laughs> it's hot i get it i get it that's yeah. a good one well you know that's more athletic it doesn't really get into the whole chanting got it got it but, got um, it uh yeah what, uh, what about the poses and whatnot like are they really sun poses well, and all that to certain sun gods and all that like the different things is that how it works that, that's do you want to get into that now oh did i jump ahead you, we are going to get you, into you did, this episode well, sorry guys part, sorry guys yeah. only part three uh, what is it? Six point five. My fault. Oh no, that's six point five. We, we are going to talk about it because you know there's so much going on yeah. here. But if you think about that religion, I mean, how can you miss that dot in the middle of the forehead? Mm. I mean, when I was a kid, I was always like, "What in the world?" Well, that's that's part of the 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 Indian right, East Indian. That's part of the religious caste system as well. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a little different. That's not necessarily ties in to that, but mm-hmm. um. But if you're talking about specifically the Hindu religious beliefs and the Shaktipat and the third eye, that's something entirely different that doesn't tie into necessarily the caste system, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we're kind of mixing and muddling some of that stuff with the the um, Shaktipat thing, that, you know, with that oh, mm-hmm. third eye, the oil, mm-hmm. and you tap that mm-hmm. and like, bam, your third eye is opened and you get headaches and you get, mm-hmm. you know, and you're opened into like, um, uh, what is it? You can tune into... Um, your spirit guides and like all this weirdness. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, you know, we, we definitely have the, the biblical precedent that a seal, okay, or a mark, um, some kind of uh, talisman, if you could will, you know, in our forehead. And here we have a talisman, you know, that's really there in their forehead. And yeah. that is a bindi, or that's for the women, and of course the tilak, and it's actually for uh, talak, I guess. But it's Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism. So all of those, you know, are are coming into play. And it does represent, um, again, if you look at it specifically, it says it represents the point at which creation begins and everything is united. Now, that's the same symbol as a mandala. But also, like, the hand in the eye is sort of the same same symbol, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And sort of the taking in of the breath, right? So it's the universal belief that you take in... Um, we're, you're all one. Everybody is mm, all one. Mm-hmm. You take that breath in through there and you sort of like share this collective everything. It's the dissolution of ego and self. If, at least that's what the, the preaching is, right? So mm-hmm. it's, it, it, you learn to dissolve yourself and become part of the collective 
one, right? So mm. that we are all one. The light, so the that om that re, in yoga where you're om, right? Mm. With that sound, it's the it's, it's a frequency, right? It's the frequency, but it's the belief that. So at the end of yoga, when you do that, namaste means the light in me recognizes the light in you because we are all part of that light. Mm. We are all that mm-hmm, light, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's what that means. Hmm. So the mark also specifically symbolizes an awakening, mm-hmm. the opening of someone's spiritual right. eyes. Yeah. And and of course, now we have to be honest with you. Now, what is that? What did we just say? The mark of the beast. We start to look and unpack the Bible, and what is it saying? A metamorphosis of the mind that allows us to what see spiritual things differently, right? And you start to realize this is exactly the goal of this whole religion yeah. is to open your third eye so that you can do what. Be like Balaam's donkey, right? But but wait until you hear like what some of the experiences of opening that third eye is, because it's so you would think like once you hear what they're saying, sounds really lovely and really nice, right, and really peaceful. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) but the opening of such a thing, um, we're we'll get into that next. It's going to be the opposite of peace. Oh, it is. Oh yeah, not it's awful. <laughs> and, and the statistics wow. on all of that, we are going to absolutely get into yoga, and uh, we're going to be showing yeah. you exactly why it's a problem. And it's explosive. This is a really explosive thing. But the mark of the beast aligns with the cultism around the world because it is absolutely saying that it is going to open something up in your mind that has not been opened up before. And the virtually the goal of all occultic religions around the world gathers around this central thing. So when you think about how did the occultic world communicate with human beings, well, it gets down to mind-altering drugs, yoga, Eastern styles of meditation, and these have been doing this for thousands of years. And when you think about this, I, not only is they have a mark between their forehead, but you see all the new ageism, they actually put the whole symbol. And that symbol is a pyramid with the all-seeing eye of God, right? That's the third eye. And where is the most famous all-seeing eye of God in the world. On the dollar bill. It's on our one dollar bill. Mm-hmm. Because there are a group of people, and again, if you look at all of Chris Pinto's um, movies, we highly recommend them. That one is mm-hmm. called The Eye of the Phoenix. Mm. And that That's also ties into the Phoenix as well um, with some of the occultic religions. So what I'm trying to tell you is that talisman, that is a business plan. It's like a business plan for what their purpose Okay, for America is that's what they're casting a prophetic code there saying that they want to what open the eye up of every person in America to follow this. They want to open up these this perception that we do not have. And that is what the mark in our forehead is going to do. It is going to change our mind, allow us to see things, open up our third eye. And this mm-hmm. is explosive information, right? You start to realize there is something that could change our mind. The chicken what? Moved its head like a quail. Its mind was changed. Changing our genes mm-hmm. can change our minds. This is how genetic codes, genetic narratives in our Bible okay, can change, open up portals, change spiritual reality. Rob, when you pray for somebody and you anoint them with oil, mm-hmm. where do you anoint them? Oh, right on their forehead. Absolutely. Why? Yeah. What does that symbolize? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. you know. And I tell people all the time, look, this is not a special potion that I have from you. you know. <laughs> it's not. This represents the Holy Spirit. you know, And that's yeah. all. And I, but the first thing I do is you're right. I put it right on their forehead. Like it tells you in James. You know, in James 5, it tells us to do that. So 
Well, and think about opening their mind. They represent to these forces. They're opening people's minds to what? Spiritual forces. Now think about what's going to happen to an open mind, okay? A person who has an open third eye. What's going to happen to them when the abyss is open, Rob? What do you think might happen? Oh, well, I mean, obviously now you have no protection, and I could see some serious demons having a lot of fun coming in there because it's open. It's like saying, hello, hello, look at me, look at me. Well, that's exactly it, and that's a narrative that that Christians have forgotten. But wait, you know, because... You know, I'm gonna tell you guys a lot. I tell you way too much anyway. <laughs> um, I used to work at a metaphysical bookstore, um, so now that I'm, I'm connecting all this together, so there's a there's a whole practice that people do when they want to get like really into yoga. If they want to um, get deeper into it, and they want to practice all this stuff and be really spiritual. But there's there's a whole thing. So they have to um, be vegan, right? Because the denser the food that you eat, the harder protein bad. Right, exactly. But um, mm-hmm. it, but it's harder to really get into the spirituality of it if you're eating really dense, heavy foods. So they demand, um, to, in order to really fulfill, right, being super spiritual into that world, they demand that you become vegan, right? And that um, there's certain oils that you have to have and smells around and there's certain chants um, because the sounds, the vibrations of those sounds, blah, 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 it gets really weird, right? But okay, so I'm just thinking about this. So... Okay, to tie this into what we're talking about. So, okay, you have to um, eat a certain way to keep your body a lightness, right? So that your body is weakened physically so that the spirits can come into it. And then they start doing these chants. And these chants are repetitive chants. And um, the movements themselves are actually forms of worship to these pagan gods from Mm -hmm. way back when, right? Mm -hmm. They are actually forms of worship. Okay, so that they do those things over and over, and then they say these chants, and these chants are actually giving worship to those pagan gods as well. Mm. And then, so they're weakening their body, they're saying those things repetitively over and over and over. I mean, thousands, hundreds of thousands of times um, for hours and hours a day, and they practice. Think about that. So, the weakening in the physical body, the constant doing this other things to the physical body, these. <laughs> And you guys, like, I don't know if you're connecting it, but I am because now I'm I'm seeing this this drawing down of the physical body that they need, that the demons need to take it over, and all these these smells, these oils, these all these other things, and the the putting the things in the third eye, and then trying to get the demons to actually physically inhabit the body because these spirit guides have to come into the guy body and then you have your master guru who like does the thing with oil and the shakti pot where he hits you in the forehead with it to try and like get it to go into you to guide you into it and you do this for hours and hours every day and that wasn't enough right but now with like all this other technology that we have like this is a short this is a circumventing of all that stuff this is a shortcut to get those things to come into you think about it guys Yes, because, that's exactly the um, whole point. Think about it. Because now, oh, now that demons don't have to do all that. They don't have, like, we don't all have to become vegan to do this. Think about it. Mm. We now, oh, now they don't have to physically weaken us to do it because now they have these vaccines to do that for them. Right. To get in. Gen- genetic we- manipulation. Think about it, guys. Right. We don't have mm. to get weaker. They can weaken us with these vaccines to come into us. Mm. Right? They got the technology now to do all the other stuff to get into us. Guys, I mean, connect it it's like finally connect it's like, the dots. wow 
Like my brain, uh, mind is blown right now at this moment. Like I just figured it out because Mm. I can see it all. Because having been in that world, having like I didn't do all that stuff, but I was around people that did. Um, And and like, trust me, this is when my exposure to that stuff, and, and I can see people that have come, and we'll talk about this later, who are infiltrating the Christian church under the guise of trying to um, help Christians learn how to meditate. Meditate. Mm -hmm. And they've brought that into Christianity. And because, you know, a lot of Christians are really naive, they want to believe, like, that's how you do it. Mm -hmm. And they've brought that... It's crazy. They are poisoning the church with false religions and and the doctrine of demons. I've Mm. seen it because I've been in that world. And they bring it in, and the Christians all fall hook, line, and sinker for it. You guys, they're, they're meditating and doing all sorts of things. It's craziness. It's craziness. We, you know, this is what I'm saying. When I bring in this idea, like you said, they're doing this through technology. Yeah, yeah. If I can show you a 4,000-year-old narrative, uh, right, that, that causes so you insane. to surrender your body Just through meditation, it. you know, drugs, you know, wow. all these kinds of things to change and transform your mind. I mean, that's why we call them mind-altering drugs, right? Mm-hmm. People that channel and do all these things and hear these voices, this is what they have to do to their mind. Yeah. So it cannot be a coincidence if the devil wants to have access to your mind. Chance. We're going to really talk about how the New Age ties into I, this. Yeah. But this absolutely, technology comes along. I just saw it fall into a straight line. I just all came into a line right in front of me. Like, mm. I just saw it all, like, like everything I know Ding. and everything that Kevin knows, and it just went into a like it all converged into a line and went there you go and this is my point it just you know if hit me if wow. your enemy has Mind this blown. this this you know clear of a strategy wow. okay why is not the mark of the beast wow. exactly alongside that that's crazy right? mm-hmm. and it brings it, it all crazy. together holy crap and you start to realize wow we know what the mark of the beast is and mm. we know what kind of effect it's going to have on your mind do you right. know do you know like how long like the demons have been like you man we've been making these people like chant and like practice yoga for like a lot hours. of work a lot of work <laughs> and now like, we can do it in one fell swoop they're mm. like high five and bill gates they're like woo woo mm. buddy so like, much Fauci. easier so much easier <laughs> i know yeah, they're like Fauci's our man high five woo woo mm. yeah like, <laughs> well, we are going to blow this up guys wow. and we're done for today and uh, we will be getting into <laughs> yoga we'll be talking about how you really can't be participating in that no. and we're going to talk about all the positions and we're going to talk about the kundalini awakening yeah. and <laughs> so you're going to see that these portals to our mind is exactly what this you know thousands of years of what they're trying to do and this is how satan wants to take control of our mind mark us in our mind yep and i just really quickly want to say that um just one last thing there's a woman by the name of carolyn jordan she is in the icu at um, hattiesburg um mississippi general hospital and she's been put there and there was her children got a court order for the judge to actually give her ivermectin and other alternative treatments Mm. but the doctors there actually won't give it to her and she is she is um dying she is in a really bad position the judge court ordered them to give her ivermectin to save her life and they won't give it to her her boys are not allowed in the hospital to see her because someone called in some fake um, alert saying that they were going to sneak in alternative medicines or something and so they're keeping their boys out of there so I know like sometimes you can feel really helpless and what what can you do I don't know what we can do but we can put her name out there hashtag Carolyn Jordan um, give her her alternative 
medicine, give her ivermectin, put it on your Facebook, put it on um, your Instagram. Her name is Carolyn Jordan. This is crap. This shouldn't be allowed to happen. We live in the United States. This shouldn't be okay. It's not okay. This is not okay, guys. So get her name out there, please. Right. All right, God bless everybody. And again, right. we, we really do, we are called to a time like this. And you're going to have to pray about how God wants you to handle all this. But we, we yeah. pray every day, and that's why we're doing this podcast. Right, it yeah. is. And so, and as far as the podcast goes, again, we do have our Facebook page, Instagram. And if you could do us a favor in whatever format you're listening to this, to this on, uh, give us a little star rating there. Five stars, five stars, and leave us yes, a please. nice review. We'd like to hear from you. Yeah, we could use uh, some reviews. We could, we could. And also yeah. just DM us, you know, if you yeah. have any personal questions or whatnot, feel free to DM us on. Rob on answers those. all those. I, yes. I tend to. I'm, I'm very quick on that. I'm very responsive. So I'd love to hear from you guys. Yeah, so chat on the Facebook page too. Do it, do it. Supernatural Junkies, we'll talk to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And remember, our source is going to be able to go to allpropastors.org, mm-hmm. and they have a lot of the articles from the COVID Beast. Yep. And we also uh, want to thank Ministries. Soil Ministries. For sure. Oh, yeah. For... Oh, in Charisma Magazine, Dr. Cruz writes two articles a month that go in Charisma Magazine, yep. and they're two yeah. full articles about a lot of the stuff we're talking about. I, should have, I forgot about mentioning that. So you can order a hard copy of that or go online, and there's an online, too, to where you can yep. see that. That's Charisma. God bless you guys. Right. We love you. Thank Thanks, you, guys. guys. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.